Hello, and welcome back to Love and Lead, our podcast on parenting. This is Jean Street, and with me is Becky. It's good to be <laughs> with you again. You know, we're going to talk about a huge topic today. We're talking about anxiety because it really is running rampant in our society. There are some stats that say about 40 million adults in the United States age 18 and over are suffering from anxiety disorders. And so we want to talk today about what God might want to say to us, because the sad truth is it is possible to pass anxiety down to our kids. And I know that none of us want that to happen. So we thought a good place to start today would be to look at ourselves, to see how God is loving us and leading us in this very difficult um, topic. So Becky, I want to ask you if this is something that you've had to work through in your life. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I feel like it's been probably anxiety has been a part of my life. I can recognize it looking back now through childhood, um, certainly as an adult, interiorly. I also can recognize, as you're mentioning, the world. I feel like we swim in a world of anxiety right now. And I know there's statistics to back that up as well. We are. Um, and I think part of that is just having the media. We have access to so much more information that's coming at us. So whether it's even good information, the amount of in information that's coming across to us and we're having to choose, make decisions every day. You know, I'll be honest, sometimes I just like give me A, B or C. I don't need 26 options right. for something. Right. So what culturally we've said um, more options will lead to a better and a happier life. I feel contributes to even basic anxiety on some of the more joyful and normal aspects of life. And that's not even touching the, the negative or other types of stressors that bring anxiety. So my question of, is this something that you've had to work with was a resounding yes. 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 <laughs> so tell me what has been helpful for you in dealing with those feelings of anxiety? Great question. I honestly, the, the, where it starts is noticing it and naming it. Um, anxiety is one of those, I don't know if you'd call it a feeling or a sensation. Often it's happening in your body and without it being noticed and named, you, I'm behaving in a way that I don't even know that I'm behaving. Mm -hmm. So one of the biggest steps for me is being able to notice and you're like okay how, becky how do you notice right, it right so there's actually a, a my two physical and mental mm -hmm. are the two places i go gene um anxiety is a physical response of the body the amygdala the bottom part of the, your brain that gets um activated which is what was given to us so that we can escape dangerous situations that are happening, a quick response. So there is a physical 
um, dynamic to anxiety. What I call it is when, noticing when I'm amped up mm. um, physically. I It's like adrenaline rush, maybe um, just that little bit hypersensitivity, um, escalated feeling. So noticing when my body is feeling that way. Uh, the second area is noticing anxiety when my mind might be running away from me. And that's just, again, it's being able to notice, oh my gosh, my brain is running mm. and stopping that and, and, and noticing what is it running on. Those are the two areas that I try to um, notice and name. That's a very good point that sometimes we can be experiencing anxiety and we don't even realize it ourselves. So. so taking a moment, just stopping mm -hmm. and doing an interior check yes. on how you feel physically and what you're kind of thinking about. Maybe if you ascertain if you are stuck in a rut, if yes. your thoughts are just circling yes. and it's hard to get out of that rut. So let's Absolutely. say you're in a situation where you recognize that you're anxious, then what do you mm -hmm. do about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to quickly add also, I learned where my body holds anxiety. Oh, that's so, interesting. Um, for me, it's my shoulders. Um, or sometimes my jaw, I'll be um, locking my jaw. And honestly, that has come through a lot of exercise. They'll walk you through know, knowing your own body. So that's a, that's bonus there, um, Jean. <laughs> there you go. But um, what was your question? What do you do? What do I do? Yes. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> I stop long enough. The goal at that point, like I said, when anxiety is coming, it's an amped up. So you either want to do more, you want to overfunction, or I want to underfunction. So noticing all I want to do is sit on the couch, watch Netflix, and eat ice cream. I'm avoiding. Uh -huh. Those are my two basic extreme responses. I either want to overtake it, fight it, conquer the world, overfunctioning, or I want to avoid it. It's that flight. I'll just sit in my pajamas, eat ice cream, and watch. <laughs> Netflix. I'm sure a lot of our, a lot of our listeners are loving that option, but you're not giving that as an option. Well, <laughs> I've learned. Okay, Becky, if you want to watch MasterChef one episode after another, not that that's wrong for rest and relaxation, but noticing that that's anxiety driven. So again, answering your question, I don't give way to my impulsive responses, or that's my goal to notice. I'm having an impulsive response because of anxiety. So at that point, my goal is not to fight it, not to flight it, but to manage it and to lead myself through the anxiety, because I think that's what the trick is. Anxiety becomes the boss if you don't recognize it. And once you recognize it, you can lead your anxiety where it's going to go. So on a practical level for me, how that looks is because it is physical, I look at physical things I can do that have been helpful, which for me, stretching is very helpful, walking, um, getting outside into nature, um, 
taking my dog for a walk, interacting. Um, the, the typical, we all hear it, but the actual practice of breathing, I will intentionally practice. All of those things are helping me bring my physical body back down from that amped up place. Mentally, um, again, there's a temptation to over function for me, I over or under, but I, I often will try to lead my anxiety be like, oh, I'm going to go read something else. And what do I need to focus on? Or what do I need to meditate on it? And I am like, literally being anxious and trying not to be anxious. So um, I do the opposite. I work against that anxiety flow in myself and do less. So these are the situations where less is more. So my prayers become more simple. God, give me the grace to have peace right now. And that might be it, a one sentence prayer. My favorite prayer in those situations is just, oh God, oh God, oh God. <laughs> yeah. And I think those are natural ways that we can um, lead ourselves through anxiety. If our goal, we if we really think we're going to eradicate anxiety at that moment, I don't know that that really happens, Jean. And I'm curious mm -hmm. what you think. I think we learn how to navigate through it. And then we turn around and a few hours later or the next day, you're like, oh, the anxiety is not there as amped up as it was in that moment. What's been your experience? I agree with that completely. I haven't really suffered with anxiety very much. And we're using anxiety. I probably should have said this at the beginning. I don't mean the the chemical imbalance that some people right. have. That's a very sure. real thing. And I'm not going to speak for Becky, but I'm pro medication. If you have a chemical imbalance and just can't get a handle on anxiety, go to your doctor and get some help and relief in that way. Right. I'm talking about those feelings, as Becky said, amped up. You just feel mm -hmm. anxious. You're kind of, your mind is racing. Your heart might be racing. You can't settle down. Um, for me, it's it always revolved around my kids. When they lived at home and now with my empty nest, it, it has not gone away. There are times when I find myself just fretting and fretting and fretting about my kids. Um, even though I know that God loves them more than I do, that God can take care of them when I can't, that he knows what's going on with them when I don't. Those things tend not to be quite as comforting as I wish they were. So I, one of my, um, I'll say I'll have two kind of action steps I take when I'm feeling anxious. When I have those thoughts racing around my mind, I'll, I'll give you an example. One time, one of my kids went to, um, was going to go be in a wedding of a friend and it was in uh, Niagara Falls. And so they're going to drive there and trust everybody in the situation. And I knew them and it was fine. I just wanted to hear from him when he got there, when he arrived, sure. that's all I wanted. And okay. I didn't hear, and I didn't hear. And I thought, what am I going to do? I can't get in my car and go find him. <laughs> I can't, you know, it was just a very nerve wracking thing. And I find myself 
doing my, oh God, oh God, oh God prayer mm -hmm. that wasn't helping at all. And so I was reading in Matthew 6, where Jesus is saying, don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. And so I can remember thinking, okay, God, you know all my needs about this, and mm -hmm. I'm going to trust you. It took an act of my will to kind of envision myself putting that worry up on a shelf and I wasn't going to let myself get it back down until the next morning if I hadn't heard from mm -hmm. him yet. Mm -hmm. So it was a kind of a, a picture mm -hmm. of me taking action, of putting that aside, trusting that it was, mm -hmm. for me as a Christian, in God's hands then. I didn't have to attend to it. Um, for people who might not have a relationship with Jesus, it still works. You can just put it up on the shelf for safekeeping and you can get to it later. That was the thing that was very helpful. I just felt my whole body just kind of um, able to, to breathe again. Um, one of the other things that causes anxiety in me, besides my kids or worries about them, is when I have to do some unpleasant thing, something mm -hmm. that I'm not really looking forward mm -hmm. to doing, and I'll put it off, and I'll put it off, and I'll put it off, and it gets bigger, and it gets bigger in my mind, and it gets worse. So we've taken, my husband and I have taken this, um, I don't know what we would call it, but this term we use, maybe you've heard of it, called eating the frog. Mm. When you have something very unpleasant to do, <laughs> you have to eat a frog. That's, that's the frog you have to eat. And um, we'll just encourage each other. Okay, mm. first thing on your to-do list today, you're going to eat that frog. Or mm. he'll say, what time are you going to eat that frog? Mm -hmm. And as much as I dislike mm -hmm. it and try to fight it. This is a way I can manage that anxiety in just getting it done because sure. the relief you feel when it's done is amazing and it's never as bad as you imagine it will be. Yes. We definitely build things up in our mind. And I, I appreciate Jean, even the community aspect of that, like not navigating those hard spots alone, like encouraging each other. Mm -hmm. Who's the person that knows what those hard things are or those catchphrases that kind of keep you motivated and where you want to go. That's good. That's good. And the picture thing is interesting. When you shared that example, Jean, it brought up a picture um, that God had given my family. And so with that, I think asking God to give you a, a picture or a word that helps, particularly if it's an area that you can identify as an ongoing anxiety or source of stress, right? Right. So for me, it was when Natalie was in um, cancer treatment and in the hospital. And, and it might be helpful for people to know how old she was, how long ago this was. Sure. This was four years ago and Natalie was 16. And, um, I can't even remember, and and if you've gone through a major um, trial, shall we say, or life circumstance, you'll be able to identify. You can't even, some of the details are, some details are crystal clear, like what I'm going to share. Some details are kind of fuzzy, because I think your God gives us that gift of shock and protection through a season. Mm -hmm. And so I don't even remember how I got this picture fully but God had given 
me the picture of Moses in the Bible and his mom and how she had done her part in taking care of Moses, protecting Moses. And even when it came the time that she was going to put him on the, the river, she found the materials she was going to use for that basket. She prepared those materials. She waterproofed it. She wove it together. She had a part to play, Jean. Mm -hmm. And then there was a part where she put him in the water. I think she probably sent Miriam to watch is my own opinion on that. Um, Moses' older sister and it eventually came to that time where she did release and let go of that baby in the basket on the river and knew that Moses was in God's hands. And I felt an invitation as a parent, Becky, you do have a part in this journey because there were many times doctors were looking at me to make decisions. They were giving me information and options. And with Natalie, I had to be engaged even though my anxiety might have wanted to avoid or overfunction, like Becky, you've got to be engaged. You've got to be her mom and helping make this basket for her. And there were many times at the same time I that I couldn't control and that my daughter was in that basket. She was in that bed. She had an infusion going into her body that I knew she was in Jesus' hands on that river. Mm. And so being able to hold both parts of that as my part and God's part really helped me navigate the stress and the anxiety of that season. And while it was major, Jean, that really fits all the oh. everyday ordinary, like I think of when your son went on that trip and you're waiting to hear, like there is that natural parent part of let's touch base. You know, I don't know if it was cell phone days where he could send a text or something. I don't think those things are wrong. Um, there's some type of both and where we have the natural parent part and the trusting in the God part. Because I, yeah, that's so good, Becky. It's because we are parents to our children, but we're also children to our heavenly father. So we're, there's always going to be that dual view of everything we go through. And <laughs> you set me up, Jean, because what's so perfect was I came to a point in that journey where the Holy Spirit in my heart asked me if I'd be willing to put myself in the Moses basket. Wow. I sensed an invitation, God loving and leading me. Could I trust him with me mm -hmm. and my own anxieties and get into the basket, Becky? whole different perspective on it because i think we still at the root of who we are especially in anxiety we're looking for control mm -hmm. in all of these places and so that's how god spoke to me in that instance he knows what we need when we need to surrender to his love and just nestle up in that basket, knowing he's going to get us, even as the adult, even as the parent, I get to get in that basket too. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's wonderful. I love when God gives us the assurance of him being with us. God with us yeah. is why Jesus came. And I love that. There's a, 
a spiritual practice that has been very useful in my life and in a lot of people I talk with, um, breath prayers. Mm. When you when you're feeling anxious and your your mind is racing, it's hard to settle down. Sometimes all we can do is just a short little breath prayer. And I'll briefly tell about this. It's something that you can choose. You choose your words. Like if you want to um, speak to the Holy Spirit or to Jesus or to God the Father, it doesn't really matter, but you say the name of God that you're most comfortable with. And then the one thing you're asking for. And so for years, whenever I would feel myself begin to get a little bit tense, my prayer always was, Holy Spirit, I would breathe that in as I was, I'd breathe in as I was saying Holy Spirit. And as I breathe out, I would say, bring peace. That was as simple as it was. Mm -hmm. And I would do that maybe three or four times in a row. And invariably, because God loves us and he leads us and he wants to take care of us, I would end up feeling more peaceful mm -hmm. as a result of that breath prayer. Have you yeah. had, had experience with those? Yeah. And Actually, I would agree with that. My question, Jean, is as we're, we've talked a lot about noticing it and navigating it as it hits us. I'd like to look at, like today, I'm not anxious at all. What do we do when we're not anxious to prepare or to prevent that anxiety-ridden world does that make mm -hmm. sense what I'm trying to ask? Like, how can we lead ourselves in an anxious world when we're not anxious right. in preparation for those moments? What's important? I love that question. I think one of the most important things that's important is being careful with ourselves, being gentle with ourselves, being aware of what sets us off. Um, and we're going to talk more about this in our next podcast about how to help our kids when they're feeling anxious. And this thing I'm going to say is going to kind of fall into that. But if you know when you're involved in social media that you're going to see things that are going to make you feel anxious or make you feel anything other than good and peaceful, you're going to want to limit your social media. If the news, as you started the conversation at the beginning about we're just swimming in an anxiety-ridden world, if the news is causing you to feel anxious, limit your news. Tell yourself what day or what time of day you're going to allow radio, TV, computer, whatever it is, however you get your news. Ask God to be with you. Set that appointment and only do it then. Yep. Yep. I have a couple tools that have been really handy, Jean, in this, because both of those um, have been areas of anxiety for me. Um, one adjustment I made with news that may be helpful to others is I primarily access it through reading it right now. I, I, I didn't realize how much the videos and the wording and the, the tones of journalists were impacting me. Um, so reading it has helped me be informed, but not quite as anxious. Um, and social media, um, there is a great tool. And um, oh gosh, I, I'm not sure what it is, but like on my iPhone, I can set my app. So 
Um, I only allow myself like 15 minutes on it per day. And once I reach what I've determined my allotment, it darkens that app on my phone. It's, it gives me a reminder that I'm at that. You always have the option to ignore it, you know, <laughs> which is nice. Um, however, it's a way I monitor myself. Mm -hmm. And then it darkens and it's actually been proven that things all lit up with your phone being all those pretty colors. Yeah. It's attractive to us. So we want to be on something attractive. Um, so maybe changing, adding that in. I actually do that with my email on my phone as well, because it's not my hope to use my phone always in that way. I'd rather be sitting at the computer when I work. I find when I work on the go more, I tend to be more anxious. So those have been a couple of tools that are really helpful in those areas for me. I like all of those, but I especially like that thing you said at the end that maybe I'm inferring what you meant, but that there's a certain time that you're working and yes. a certain time that you're off working, yes. which is so very mm -hmm. important for all of us mm -hmm. to kind of um, boundaries. Yeah. Put in some boundaries, mm -hmm. have some downtime, make sure that you are getting rest. I know our society, the other thing besides all the anxiety, all the bad news, all the negativity, the other thing is how much we kind of revere busyness. Like that's a badge we all wear. And I think that we can take that badge off. Yeah. I refuse to tell people oh, I'm too busy or I'm so busy. I, I just have given myself that boundary that I don't use those words. And that in and of itself helps me relax, helps me feel like I have more time. Awesome. That is great. That is great. It goes back to our healthy rhythms, our invitation um, by God to live in the healthy rhythms of life. Mm-hmm. Well, we hope this has maybe helped you start thinking through some of your um, worries in your life, what you do when you're feeling anxious. Uh, it is really important to us that we started with rec trying to recognize it in ourselves before we can even begin to try to recognize it in our kids and to help them. So Becky, any last words for this one? No, I think we've covered it. I just wish everybody a great day.